Well, good morning, everyone. Um, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Janet. I am a reader here at All Saints, and um, it's my pleasure to to have a look at this word, which John read for us. Thank you, John. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we ask you to give each of us now what it is that we need. In Jesus' name, amen. So I wonder how many of you have got friends or family that if you sent them a message, perhaps a text or a quick phone call that just said, I haven't got time to explain, but I need you right now. How many of those friends or family would just turn up? Not many, probably. You have to have a really close relationship with someone for them to do that for you. That relationship is built over time. And here we have Nehemiah, someone who has spent that time building his relationship with God. Or rather, Nehemiah has collaborated with God and God's desire to build that relationship with him. So we're looking at the story recorded in the book of Nehemiah. Let's have a quick recap. Um, It's about 450 BC. Persia is flourishing, though Greece and Rome are starting to have an influence. Nehemiah was a cupbearer to Artaxerxes, it's a really hard word to say, (laughs) Um, who's the king of Persia. Being the cupbearer was a, a, a position of privilege, incredible responsibility, and trust. The temple at Jerusalem, we found out last week, um, it has been rebuilt, but the walls are still broken. And in the book of Ezra, in chapter 7, we read that Artaxerxes decrees in the seventh year after the rebuilding that the Jews can go to Jerusalem to worship and bring the law. Artaxerxes is fearful of the Jewish God. And here we are 70 years later. So last week we heard that Nehemiah was told about the sorry state of the the walls of Jerusalem. And our reading this morning picks up that story four months later. So Dave had to wait a week to find out the news. Nehemiah has had to wait four months. But why the wait? Or maybe this was the first time he attended the king. And so it was the first time he had a chance to talk to him. As a servant, you can't just go in and have a chat with the king. Um, We read in the book of Esther that even the queen can't just go in and chat with the king when she wants to. So clearly a servant has to be summoned. We also know that we're not allowed to be sad in front of the king. So Nehemiah is scared because he is sad. And if the king feels insulted that a member of his household is sad in his presence, then, well, that's the end of that for Nehemiah. Nehemiah, his neck is on the line here. But the king's heart is for Nehemiah. And he's kind. 
and asks him what's wrong. And at that point, Nehemiah sends up that quick, I haven't got time to explain, but help me. What has he prayed for? Well, probably wisdom, um, a smoothing of the way, the king's heart to remain favorable. It doesn't say. Sometimes we don't know what to pray for, but God knows. Help me, Lord, can be enough. Help me, Lord, when we believe that God is able to help, can be enough. Help me, Lord, when we have a relationship with God, can be enough. Help me, Lord, when we really mean it, is always enough. Because God is that friend who will turn out in the middle of the night when no one else will. And there are many examples in the Bible of people saying to Jesus, help me, Lord. And Jesus, knowing their heart, does just that. Prayer was a constant with Nehemiah, as we will see over the coming weeks. And therefore, he understood that it was okay for him to send up a quick, help me, Lord. God hears and responds to those quick prayers But relationships aren't made by only asking for favours. We are truly, if we truly believe that God is majestic, is a mighty God, as Julia and Claire were singing early, that he is an amazing God. If we truly believe that, then we should be seeking his company all the time. Do we only praise God for the things that he has done Do we put aside time to praise God for the things that he is? When we pray, Lord, we need to understand what that word means. What it means is that he is an amazing God. The fact that Nehemiah has this relationship with God gave him the confidence to say, help me, Lord. And so Nehemiah prays, Because he is confident in his relationship with God, he is then confident enough to take action. Nehemiah shows respect to the king and asks for permission to leave. In fact, he asks to be sent. We read in verse 5, he says, If it pleases you, send me, rather than let me go. He asked, in fact, for Artaxerxes to be part of the plan and to send him to rebuild the walls. He also asked for letters of protection from other states and resources such as timber from the Royal Park. He's gone from being very afraid, in verse 2, to basically presenting the king with a shopping list by verse 7. What is it that we can be that bold about? if we know that God is on our side. And why would Artaxerxes respond favorably? Well, firstly, as I said, we already know that he favors the Jews and is fearful of their God. Secondly, he clearly favors Nehemiah. But thirdly, for him, this would probably um, make a nation stronger for him. He can see that a stronger Judah, populated by loyal Jews, would help to bring great stability to Persia and would provide a defense 
against Egypt. God uses this situation to further his purposes. Artaxerxes willingly agrees to the plan, much to the horror of Sanballat, a governor of Samaria, and Tobiah, who's possibly Jewish and who now has a position in Transjordan under the Persians. Why? Why are they so upset? Well, a man coming with the protection of Persia to bolster Israel's defenses, for some reason, is a fly in their ointment. All the time that the walls are broken, then Israel is vulnerable. Now, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. So Nehemiah leaves his comfortable, privileged life in Susa and travels 800 miles to Jerusalem, confident that the hand of God is on him. He's full of hope prayer and excitement. He has the king's blessing. He has an army to protect him. He has a vision and resources to fulfill that vision. And what does he do when he gets there? Nothing. For three days, he does nothing. Well, what do we suppose he was doing? Well, it doesn't actually say, but my guess is that he's recovering from quite a long journey. He's settling in But he's most likely to be praying, giving thanks for his safe arrival and asking for more wisdom and direction. What he doesn't do is rush in. Despite having the backing of God and the Persian king, he is a man of action, but also a man of patience, happy to wait on God. I wonder how often we ask God to sort something out, but then don't wait for him to do it. It's an odd thing, really, to believe that God is sovereign enough to sort out a problem, but then to think that he's not sovereign enough to know how to do it well. I once heard of a lovely story of a woman who claimed to be able to sleep perfectly well during the Blitz. And when she was asked how come, she would say, each night I pray for God's protection and then go to sleep. There's absolutely no point in both of us staying awake all night. (laughs) So eventually, after some prayer, Nehemiah inspects the walls. And then when he has all the information, he gets others on board with the plan. He doesn't try to do it all alone, but he doesn't stand in judgment over others and start bossing them about either. Instead, he talks to them about the trouble we are in. Nehemiah was almost certainly never been to Jerusalem, having been born into captivity in Persia. So he could easily stand and accuse others of falling short by allowing these walls to remain broken. But he doesn't. Instead, he identifies with those that have been there and appeals to them, come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. It is good for us to do things in community with God's direction. 
We can't do things on our own. By working in community, the glory is God's, not ours, which stops us getting all big-headed. We can check in with others that we're going the right way. It builds fellowship, and it stops accountability being carried by just one person. Churches are set up with a PCC so that it's not just down to the vicar to make all the decisions for a very good reason. Nehemiah puts himself as part of the project, working with his brothers in Jerusalem. He doesn't order anyone about, but he gives assurances. The hand of God is upon them, as well as the king's blessing. It's not his vanity project. And the people's response, let us start rebuilding. So this then is the pattern of Nehemiah. Prayer, time for reflection, time for waiting on God's timing, and then action. We need to be sure of what it is that we are planning on doing. Nehemiah didn't just say, God wants this, so let's trust him and just get on with it. We are expected to think things through, to discern, to be clear, and to question. We are called to seek truth, not to be reckless. If it is good work, then God blesses it. We need to ask for God's help And then surrender ourselves to be guided. It's not always going to be easy. Jesus takes us into the storm sometimes. But if we trust God, then we can be confident enough to say to the king, Lord, help me. At the moment, the PCC are seeking God's specific guidance as to how they are to proceed what the Lord is calling us as a church to do. As they hear God speaking, they will put together a mission action plan. What does God want for Littlehampton? What are his priorities? What walls of protection have we got that need rebuilding, repairing, or reinforcing? How strong is our relationship with God. Can I ask you then to keep the PCC in your prayers as they seek God's will and his direction? Prayer. Reflection. Waiting on God. And then action. And all the time surrendering our will to his. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the example of Nehemiah, his willingness to surrender to you, to follow your lead, to trust that you would bless this project. Show us where we should have our concerns. Lord, what concerns you? What are the walls that protect us, 
that aren't as strong as they could be. Our trust, our prayer life, our letting go of our own wants. Show us how we can be part of your plan. Show us what we need to build. Hear us, Lord, when we cry out, Lord, help us. Amen.